Hello, and welcome to the Tech News and Commentary. I'm the Dark Knight and protector of all things tech, Joey Cagle. And I'm the brown boy wonder, Antonio Guerra. Apple announces their iPhone 12. Netflix is ending free trials. Tesla's autopilot has been tricked. Army dogs are wearing augmented reality goggles. The TrickBot botnet has been disrupted. The Pentagon wants Musk to transport cargo. Microsoft is facing a class action lawsuit in regards to controller drift. And wind power is in deep water, literally. It's time for the tech news and commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. Thank you for tuning in to the October 16th edition of the Tech News and Commentary. It's time to rock the general tech news. Apple's iPhone 12 announcements. Apple announced the new range of iPhones this week. All the iPhones have 5G capability. The iPhone 12 has a new case design and features Apple's A14 chip, two camera lenses, and magnets on its back. The iPhone 12 Pro and Pro Max feature a LiDAR sensor, giving the phone better AR capability and better quality low-light images. They also feature an additional camera telephoto lens, which is targeted at serious photographers. The Pro will have a 6.1-inch screen and start at $999. The Pro Max has a 6.7-inch screen and costs $10.99 for the basic model. An iPhone 12 mini has also been announced with a 5.4-inch screen and is available for $6.99. These new iPhones won't include a charger or headphones out of the box, however, so you'll need to buy those separately. A new MagSafe charger has been announced that will charge the iPhone and Apple Watch at the same time. And just so y'all know, it's not as cheap as it sounds, because when he said $10.99, he means $1,099. Yeah, I figured they didn't (laughs) think that the uh, new iPhones are $11. Hey, I work in uh, retail. I know how people think. Yeah, that's true, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Apple's stuff is never cheap, though, is it? Oh, no. What do you think about them omitting the charger and earphones? Uh, I don't like the fact that it's not coming with a charger, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I guess they figured if you have an iPhone by now, you probably got a charger, but yeah. at the same time, like, it's a freaking cell phone. It should come with a charger, right? Yeah, it should come with a charger, in my opinion. Well, then it would have to cost, you know, $15 instead of the ten ninety nine. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> so, Zim is going to release a new tool that lets paid users charge admission to online events, such as conferences and classes, OwnZoom is the new online event hosting platform for Zoom. Hosts can organize both free and paid events on OwnZoom. There will be a PayPal integration for ticket sales. It's only available to paid subscribers at US launch, or in the US at launch rather. There are no additional fees for paid users to use OwnZoom, but Zoom might take a cut of the ticket sales next year. Zap, another feature from Zoom, allows Zoom users to open apps like Dropbox, Slack, and Asana right inside of a Zoom meeting. Zoom is also focusing on integrating online educational tools as well. 
So I don't know about you. I mean, except for all these billionaires, I think no one's had a better outcome from this virus than Zoom. Because I never even heard of Zoom until the middle of March. I knew about Zoom right before the pandemic, actually. But yes, I think Zoom picked up big time when this pandemic started for sure oh yeah i mean obviously but like i never heard of it and then i started seeing on the news and then like the week after i got laid off from my job they're like hey we're gonna have a meeting on zoom you want to join in i'm like right (laughs) yeah but yeah zoom is definitely taking advantage of the current pandemic for sure they're uh coming up with these new features i know early on in the pandemic though zoom had some security issues they had to work out that they knew about for a long time and uh oh yeah i saw the youtube videos that was funny stuff <laughs> yeah they, they kept getting uh rooms hacked and everything and uh so it sounds like they've uh fixed that because they were playing a uh, feature freeze until they got those security issues fixed so now that they're adding new features i have to assume they've got the security bugs fixed well you know what they say about when you assume yeah but uh if uh, they if they didn't fix those issues, then Zoom has lied to us. Oh, a corporation lying to consumers. Oh, well. clutch my pearls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Google using its AI tech for reporting with journalist studio tools. The Google News Initiative has fought against misinformation and is helping publishers make money since being created in 2018. Now, Google is investing in Journalist Studio, a suite of free tools that's available to reporters and media organizations. These tools can aid investigative journalism and other projects by sifting through documents, images, and audio files, and also by making interactive visualizations out of public records information. AI can be a huge boost to understaffed newsrooms. It will also find a lot of information humans may miss. Yeah, this is really interesting, but I I know Google's been fighting against misinformation. However, a lot of people in their conspiracy theories think Google is behind a lot of misinformation in the mainstream, and they'll go to the actual misinformation as their, quote, legit news. I think that's the problem with just the internet in general. Like, it's the Wild West out there. You can post, anyone can post whatever they want. And as long as it gets enough traffic, then it's going to pop up on Google. Now, I'm glad they're, you know, they're trying to, you know, uh, affect misinformation in this way. But at the same time, too, which is one of those things, it's kind of like how the social media platforms work. Like Google, the algorithm, it gives you results that they think you're going to click on. Right. And not only that, but people are going to believe what they want to believe anyway, especially now that the Internet exists, uh, there's plenty of false information out there that people are going to choose to believe you know and that's the problem too is like how do you really know who to believe like you know you can't necessarily trust the government to tell you what to believe you certainly can't trust media to tell you what to believe so unfortunately the only thing you can really do is to you know be a responsible citizen and do your own research but yeah. no one's doing that so right and they go to Infowars and think that's a legit news source I don't know what even is a legit news source anymore. Me. Oh, I mean, you can trust uh, besides me. that, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, well, that well, is a legit news source because, I mean, there have been even legit news sources or people that we'd think would be legit news sources that have lied to us in the past. Yeah, so 
So people are going to believe what they want to believe, regardless of how much these companies try to prevent the misinformation. That's the thing, too. I think the media companies, they know people are going to believe what they want to believe anyway. So as mm. long as they're making the paycheck, that's all they really care about, right? Right. But I'm hoping that people are starting to know the truth a bit more instead of believing all these conspiracy theories. There's going to be some that are just going to hardcore stay with the conspiracy theories and stuff. Well, you know, they say you can hope in one hand and crap in the other. And yeah. See which one fills up first. <laughs> right. Bye-bye Netflix free trials. Netflix has been removing their 30-day free trials across its markets. There's still no contracts, cancellation fees, or commitment requirements. The trial has been disappearing from markets around the globe since last year. Netflix hit 193 million global subscribers in March. Disney Plus also removed their seven-day free trial back in June. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I don't really have any huge opinions on it. I figured it would happen at some point. But so many people have Netflix or other streaming services now that people know what it's about. And Netflix is probably the biggest uh, streamer or streaming service. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they're the first ones to the party, basically. Right. So Yeah, I, I haven't compared Disney Plus and Netflix, but... Those have to be the two biggest ones, or three biggest ones, if you include Amazon Prime. Of course, Prime isn't just streaming, but a lot of people get it for the streaming services. I think most people get it because it comes with their Prime subscription, but... Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's some good shows on there. Like, I've seen a lot mm. of good shows on Prime, but... Right. You know, I know, I do remember hearing about, like, when Disney Plus first came out, I heard of a lot of people, because, you know, obviously The Mandalorian was a huge show. Mm -hmm. And uh, I heard a lot of people, they just, when all the episodes of Mandalorian came out, they just got the free trial, they watched it, and that was it. Like, that's all the thing they really cared about. Because I'll be honest with you, like, you know, I like Disney movies and all that, but I'm not going to pay to watch them. But there are a lot of shows coming out, like the Star Wars shows and the Marvel shows I'm interested in. But even still then, I probably wouldn't subscribe just for those things. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to get Disney Plus at some point. Right now, I still have CBS All Access, and I've got that because I'm really into the Star Trek stuff. And I think the third season of Discovery is supposed to start soon, if it hasn't already. Is the new Twilight Zone still on there? I have to check, but I haven't been watching that. I could be wrong about Discovery, but I thought I saw something about starting in October. I might be wrong. <laughs> Wait, Discovery is oh. doing their own streaming? Uh, no, um, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, never yeah. mind, okay. There's also uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, which I need to get back to watching because I haven't finished that. I have heard that was funny. I, I find it funny. There's a lot of Star Trek fans who hate it, <laughs> but I, I like it. I think it might help bring Star Trek back to the mainstream if it gets enough attention. You know what they need is uh, that Captain Janeway. Ooh, buddy. Oh, yeah, Captain Janeway, if she makes an appearance on uh, Lower Decks, yeah. <laughs> Disney reorganizes to focus on streaming. Disney is reorganizing all of its media and entertainment business to focus on productions which debut on its streaming and broadcast services. Its media business, ads, and distribution, as well as Disney+, Plus, will all operate under the same business unit. The company's shares moved up 6% in the after-hours trading following the announcement. Movies such as Mulan and the upcoming Pixar film Soul 
while already seeing the first runs on Disney+, Plus, mostly due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Black Widow, from subsidiary Marvel Studios, has been postponed, though there have been rumors early on in the pandemic that it might go straight to Disney+. Plus. That, of course, is not happening, but could this hint at a future where more movies from Disney are going to Disney+, Plus rather than the theaters first? You know, I think there's a good possibility, and it's sad because I do like going to see certain movies in the movie theater, particularly I'm a big Marvel fan, as you know. Yeah. I love seeing the Marvel movies in the theaters. And then um, Transformers as well, though I I got tired of the Michael Bay movies, but Marvel movies, I have to go see those at the theaters. And if they weren't in the theaters anymore, that would be a bit disappointing for me. I think so. Like, I think just, you know, big budget blockbuster special effects heavy movies like that like you really should experience those on the big screen right now there's certain movies like you know your little dramas and comedies yeah it's nice to get out of the house and go see them at the movies but you know you can kind of get the same kind of experience at your house yeah there's plenty of movies that i would be okay with going straight to digital and streaming but uh i want to see marvel studios movies in the theaters yeah, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take for enough people to have enough faith to just go back to movies like that. I mean... Right. But we do miss the movie theaters. Yeah. I mean, I just went to the movies the other day, but there was like four people in there, so... We love paying a lot for our movies and overpaying for the food. Uh, that's why I have the AMC A-list and there was a Dollar Tree right in front of the theater, so... Yeah, sneak that food in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't encourage that, by the way. I mean, I do. Maybe you don't. <laughs> I, I can't uh, straight up encourage that on the podcast. It's okay. Do you, it at your own risk. Stop winking at me. Uh-oh, Tesla's autopilot was tricked. Researchers tricked Tesla's autopilot by flashing split-second phantom images of speed limits or stop signs. The images only need to appear for 0.42 seconds. For the autopilot to respond, meaning that drivers wouldn't know what had happened. Digital billboards could be hacked and affect Tesla vehicles without leaving any traces. Autopilot wasn't designed for Teslas to drive entirely autonomously, but people have been using it without paying attention to the road, and attention from Tesla drivers has resulted in accidents. What are your opinions on the whole self-driving car thing? Uh, I think if they're using the system that Tesla is using, they're going to need to be really careful because uh, this system obviously can't tell how long the sign is there for. It's a fake sign. Yeah. It's coming from a billboard. I mean, it needs to be able to distinguish real signs from fake signs. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I know... Uh, I haven't heard anything from this lately, but I do know there have been stories in the past of people hacking cars and driving them around like they're inside of them. So Right. I mean, I don't know. It's like there's definitely downsides to these autonomous vehicles, no matter how safe they were on their own. Yeah. Once you start getting them hacked by other people, that's a whole different game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those things where it's like... You know, even if overall, statistically, self-driving cars, there are less traffic fatalities as opposed to human-driven cars. 
I still think the fact that you're kind of out of control would still, I think that might still kind of uh, turn some people off to it, you know? I mean, imagine if another country we were at war at started hacking the cars of Americans. Yeah, that'd be pretty wild. Yeah, that, that would be like crazy dangerous. Well, we better be nicer to China, I guess. Yeah. Tell us about China, by the way. Well, as it turns out, China is handing out $1.5 million of its digital currency in one of the country's largest public tests. The Chinese government carried out a lottery last week that gave out 10 million yuan worth of China's new digital currency. 50,000 people out of the 2 million who applied won. The digital yuan can be spent at over 3,000 merchants in Shenzhen using the digital renminbi app. Supermarkets and pharmacies are included in the participating merchants. Digital yuan differs from Bitcoin as it's controlled by the People's Bank of China. They're not trying to replace services like Ally Pay or WeChat Pay, but will likely work with them as well as other banks. Yeah, so this isn't going to be like a cryptocurrency that's decentralized by any means. Uh, don't think it's going to have the popularity that like Bitcoin does as a result. But it is interesting that China is trying out this digital currency and uh, giving it out to its citizens like this. So I haven't heard about it. Like, how does this digital currency work? Like, is it backed by anything or is it just in lieu of paper money or how is it working? Um, it's interesting. So um, I've done an episode of on uh, cryptocurrency before. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, so of course it doesn't physically exist, but um there's an algorithm or um it's hard to explain because your computer or at least to mine the cryptocurrency yeah your computer uh has to do work and it gets harder and harder for the computers on network on the networks to do it over time because there's a limit placed on how much you could get yeah for that which creates the scarcity which causes it to go up in value. I gotcha. So, um, but yeah, it's basically computers uh, mine for these blocks or they're doing these uh, math problems, these working on these algorithms to find the cryptocurrency. I'm not sure how it is with this digital currency, honestly. Yeah. I guess it's backed by their own uh, currency or something there. Um. I don't know if there's any cryptocurrencies actually backed by gold or anything. So yeah, that's basically cryptocurrencies for you. Right on. All right. So the U.S. Cyber Command and Microsoft as well have disrupted the TrickBot botnet. TrickBot is a network of at least a million hijacked computers believed to be run by Russian-speaking criminals. Using malware, the operators of this botnet have stolen sensitive information and infected systems with ransomware. This same botnet was used to attack a healthcare provider with ransomware in September. The US Cyber Command recently mounted an operation which interrupted the TrickBot's botnet operations several times over the past few weeks. The interruption disconnected infected computers from the servers used to control them. Microsoft has also disrupted the botnet along with multiple partners. The tech giant obtained a court order and used technical action to prevent the botnet from either starting new infections or activating dormant ransomware. 
Microsoft was concerned that the TrickBot operators would use the botnet to disrupt the imminent U.S. election through ransomware. So you think the election is in jeopardy of being interrupted? I sure hope not, but we will see what happens. Uh, that would be really bad if you go on election day and vote and suddenly they want like 300 Bitcoin because uh, ransomware has attacked the voting machine. But I think they tried to keep the voting machines offline and only connect them when it's time to upload the ballots. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But, you know, I guess there's no such thing as a perfect system, so... Yeah, there's not a perfect system. U.S. Army trials augmented reality goggles for dogs. The U.S. Army unveiled augmented reality goggles, which are designed for combat dogs to let them receive orders at a distance. Soldiers normally direct their dogs using hand signals or laser pointers, requiring the handler to be close by. Using the AR goggles allows them to be directed via visual indicators and the handler is able to see what the dog sees through a remote video feed. Military dogs have already been trained to wear goggles as protection. Though the project is in its early research stages, the results are looking promising. See, I'm, I don't know. I love, I'm an animal lover. Yeah. I almost feel like it's animal abuse in a way. And I get the reason why we use the uh, combat dogs, yeah. uh, but still. I, I hate to see them uh, being uh, used like that, honestly. Hey, man, freedom isn't free, not even for dogs. I, I guess you're right about that. <laughs> so, the Pentagon wants Elon Musk to transport cargo around the Earth in an hour. The Pentagon contacted SpaceX to develop rockets that can deliver packages around the planet in under an hour. The U.S. military is very good at moving its troops, weapons, and supplies quickly. They were using C-17 transport planes, but these are no longer being made. The partnership allows SpaceX to keep the rights of the patents developed during the research. There's no timeline for completion of the project. So what do you think of uh, SpaceX getting in bed with the military? I mean, I would be surprised if they weren't getting in bed with the military, honestly. I mean, they already work with the government on other things. They work with NASA, so yeah. why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't they be in bed with the military? Yeah, why not? I mean, you yeah. know, those government contracts are usually pretty large, so. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, that's no surprise to me. Um, so, yeah, being able to... Uh, ship out cargo that quickly via rockets that's going to be a really big thing i think yeah sounds like not the most environmentally friendly thing but. yeah maybe not i'm i'm sure elon musk has that in mind and will probably be working on better ways to do it over time yeah hopefully but you know you gotta start somewhere that's true yeah so you know uh, it's like we could go invade like some country in like an hour <laughs> the american dream yeah <laughs> I, i'm not saying that i won't war with anyone i don't but the possibility to do that is there it is there and we'll be right back after this message
Welcome back to the tech news and commentary. We've missed you, my friends. Now, on to the gaming news. NVIDIA stopped selling Founders Edition RTX 3080 and RTX 3090 cards on its website. The card is now available at Best Buy. NVIDIA announced the cards were now available at Best Buy as NVIDIA is working on improving its own web store. After the difficult launch, the web store was hit by a wave of bots. NVIDIA promised to update the online store in order to better deliver its graphics cards to PC builders, and apparently that means shutting down RTX 30 series sales through its own store and offering them somewhere else instead. But PC gamers in Europe, however, have no alternative to the NVIDIA store, so it appears until further notice that sales on these cards may be on hold in Europe. Yeah, so this is uh, kind of interesting. Uh, that's a move that you wouldn't expect NVIDIA to have to make, but they had to make it because of the bots that were trying to hit the NVIDIA store to find out when these cards are available again. Those, and Those bots ruin everything, man. Yeah, they do. And they were cheating uh, legit customers out of buying them. And of course, a lot of these bots are being used by people to sell for even more on eBay, like we talked about someone buying one of these uh, cards for like $75,000 on eBay. They're not worth that much. What kind of idiot does that? I mean, I don't know. People buy shiny rocks encased in metal for thousands of dollars. But you know what the heck, right? Yeah. I mean, some people have way more money to spend, uh, to waste on things than I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure they work hard for that money though, right? I, I guess, but gosh. I could use I could use that and spend it on stuff way more useful. Yeah, seventy five thousand dollars. You could buy like a nice car for that. You could. That's a down payment on a house. I mean, dang, that's half a house depending on where you live at. Yeah. Oh well. I mean, if you got it, you got it. You know, don't hit the yeah. player, hit the game, right? Right, right. I guess. <laughs> so, a class action lawsuit against Microsoft over controller drift. Controller drift is when something erroneously causes the analog sticks on the controller to detect movement. The Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers seem to have this problem, and now there's a class action lawsuit over this. Xbox One owner Donald McFadden was the original plaintiff, but the lawsuit now includes seven other individuals. The suit seeks a jury trial, but the end goal may be a settlement. The lawsuit alleges that Microsoft is aware of a drifting issue because of the customer complaints, but, quote, failed to disclose and routinely refuses to repair the controllers without charge when the defect manifests, end quote. Nintendo faced a similar lawsuit over its Joy-Con controllers for the Switch. Do you have any experience with controller drift, Joey? Uh... I've not had a whole lot of experience. Oh, I take that back a little bit, I think, with a couple of uh, my game pads here. But yeah. I haven't bothered getting them back. They were cheap game pads. Yeah. You know, um, I imagine if you're paying more for the game pad, you know, you're probably going to want less of that controller drift. <laughs> yeah, I really had too much trouble with it in my life as a gamer. Yeah. Like, uh, like, well, I, never, I don't really play Xbox, so maybe that's a thing. Yeah. And even, like, my Switch... Like, I bought it used uh, from some guy off at Craigslist, and, like, after a couple months, like, the left Joy-Con started acting kind of funny. 
But, uh, you know, I got those replaced, no problem. And uh, I don't know, like I said, I really don't have too many issues with it. But, you know, I do understand how it can be very frustrating, especially when you're trying to, like, you know, play a game where, you yeah. know, precise controls are paramount. Right, right. So, next up, science news. Human microevolution seeing more people born without wisdom teeth and an extra artery. Researchers in Australia concluded that humans are still evolving and have changed quickly in the last 250 years. This study was carried out by tracking the rate of retainment of different body parts throughout generations. They found more people now have an extra artery, which increases blood supply to the hands, smaller jaws, and extra bones in their legs and feet as well. And, well, an increase in people without wisdom teeth. Well, I have wisdom teeth, so I'm concerned I may not be as evolved as others. See, I had wisdom teeth, but they've been removed. But, uh, I don't know, what do you think of, uh... I've never my... had mine removed. Oh, you haven't? <laughs> well, they probably weren't impacted then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were fine. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, they caused a few problems, but ultimately, I didn't have them removed, and I'm fine. I got them removed spring break of my yeah. freshman year of college, all so, four at once. So what do I think about... Oh, what do you think about, uh, I guess, microevolution on this scale? I mean, okay, I used to be uh, very religious, and uh, at that time, I didn't believe in evolution. Now I'm not so religious, so, you know, I, I think evolution's a real thing. Uh, both micro and macro evolution. So, um, you know, that that's my thinking. I don't know. One thing I have noticed is there's a lot more allergies these days, it seems. Huh. Like, I remember, like, when I was a kid, like, you know, peanut allergies and gluten allergies weren't really that big of a deal. I feel like it's become more... I don't know if it's just more people who know that they have it, or I don't know what it is, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's one thing I've noticed since I've been alive. It seems that we'd evolved to uh, fight against the allergies more. Yeah, but you don't don't think that that you know more people or not know about more people that have peanut allergies nowadays than, say, 20 years ago? I I think a lot of people died off because of the allergies, and they weren't sure what it was at the time. That could be possible, too. That's the thing that people need to realize. If it's something that's unreported, then you don't really know what killed them. Yes, and now we know what it is, so more people live with those allergies. That could be it. Like it's, yeah. like, it's kind of like how people say, like, oh, there's so much violence in the world today. Like, no, the world's been pretty yeah. violent. It's just that everyone has a camera in their pocket now. So. Right, right. I mean, can allergens evolve? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the genetic code that gives you the allergies. Yeah, I'm sure know. it's got to have some sort of evolutionary process as well. I'm not a scientist, so. Oh, yeah, know. neither am I. <laughs> but we do talk about science. So are we hypocritical? I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say so. No. <laughs> So scientists have found a new way to control the brain with light pulses, no surgery needed. Optogenetics uses light of different frequencies to control the brain. It's used to incept memory in mice, decipher brain signals, which lead to pain, reverse depression, overwrite memories, and more. But the treatment requires gene therapy and brain surgery to implant optical fibers in the brain. A team of researchers unveiled an upgraded version of optogenetics, which doesn't need surgery. It can be used to reprogram the brains of mice with light pulses which pass 
through the skulls of mice. The technique still requires gene therapy, however, as that's a key to making neurons respond to light. So obviously we're not talking about like the government or some secret agency controlling your brain. I think this is probably for like more medical use or maybe therapeutic use if you have something going on with your brain and you know, like some sort of uh, neuro disorder. I yeah, I say. think it's pretty crazy that they have technology now where you're trying to lighten a mouse and it doesn't feel depressed anymore. I think it's pretty wild. Right. Um, I wonder, I don't know how much they're going into this, but I mean, I have mild cerebral palsy, which is brain damage I had when I was born. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're able to somehow fix that. Maybe not, but it, I wonder if that's a possibility. I mean, yeah, who knows with uh, the way... AI is being used in the medical community these days. You never know what could happen in the next 20, 30 years. Right. We could have some pretty amazing uh, cures for things out there. Lights. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> first room temperature superconductor reported. Scientists discovered the first chemical that superconducts at room temperature. Though unclear what the chemical is exactly, the process only works at 2.5 million atmospheres of pressure. In order to create the chemical, scientists put sulfur and carbon inside a high-pressure chamber with hydrogen and expose the mixture to a green laser for several hours. The result is a chemical that shows superconductivity, which has been confirmed by testing its magnetic properties. Studying this material requires equipment that can withstand the incredibly high pressures inside the chamber. Finally, wind power is in deep water. Highwind Scotland is an offshore location in Scotland with 574 foot tall wind turbines, which generate enough electricity for over 200, not 200, but 20,000 homes, I should say. This is the world's first floating energy array. These turbines are held in place by mooring cables attached to anchors at the seafloor. The wind turbines can access deeper waters where the world's strongest and most consistent winds blow. And the great thing is they can be installed out of sight of coastal residents, as many people do complain that they don't want to see wind turbines. And I never really understood why. I never thought they were unsightly by any means. I mean, different strokes. I'm guessing if you spend the money on like beachfront property, you know, you just want to see the horizon. You don't right. Want I mean, me personally, I'm agree with you. I don't really care personally, yeah. but I mean, I could see where, you know, someone might not want to see windmills yeah. and stuff. I get someone might not want a wind turbine in their backyard, but well, yeah, I'm sure they're pretty yeah. noisy, right? Yeah, that that should be on uh, some whatever company's property owns that wind turbine, though, and not in your backyard. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could probably sell your backyard for uses of wind yeah, turbine, rent, rent it out or something. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I, I've never had a problem with it. I thought it was always cool passing by wind turbines when I was living in California. Oh yeah, I used to live on the West Coast too. Yeah. So yeah, I remember walk, driving through the wind farms. Like, oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. And traveling through other states as well. I think I saw some in Wyoming, if I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah. So all sorts of places. I thought they looked really interesting, you know? Well, I guess not everyone appreciates the aesthetics of wind turbines like you do. I guess not. I thought they were cool. But that's just me. <laughs> this has been the Tech News and Commentary on Joey's Totally Tech. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.